0: Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 10. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandment shall live by them. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew or Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So, Ursula, here we are in chapter 10, and remember this is housed within his argument that he's walking through in 9 through 11, as he's talking about the faith of Israel and the faith of the church, and he's comparing these things, talking about his sovereignty, his choice. But here he really wants us to know The process of faith, the process of salvation, is the same for all people. It always has been, going back to what we've talked about in previous chapters, that's why he took us back to Abraham, who existed before the law, but he wants us to know that for sure. So we want to talk about that today, as it's such an important concept for us, as we think about salvation, and we think about our understanding of what God's doing and the process that that takes place. So let's unpack that today.
1: Yeah, I'd like to start... Really looking at verse four, where it says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And really what that's really saying is the law, right? Doing all these rules, doing everything right is not the basis of my relationship with Christ. If I believe, right? And what am I to believe? That he died for my sins, that he rose again, and he lives now interceding on my behalf in heaven. And I think it's so important because when we get down to verse 9, you know, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. No ifs, ands, and buts. Everyone listening here today has the opportunity. You have the opportunity right now to confess with your mouth. And what does that really mean? Confession is really agreeing with God what He says about your sin, that you desperately need a Savior. It's really seeing those things from God's perspective. If we confess that with our mouth and we ask the Lord, show me, show me my sin, show me my desperate need for a Savior, and continue to show me that as I come to you, God, in His mercy and grace, will pour that out in your life. And then it talks about in 10, it says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, it's got to be in your heart, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved.
0: And that's the gospel. Ursula, that's that's the good news that this is available for all people and that this is the process that we go through for that. And so as we walk through that, and as she's challenged us today to think about that, that's what Paul is doing as well. He's bringing us back to the gospel because he's going to take us places where we're going to build on this in his coming chapters. But if we don't understand this, if we can't grasp that process, that though God is sovereign, we still have to choose to respond to the way in which He's revealed Himself to us, that we're not able to move forward unless that has happened. And if we try to do that, we actually end up doing the exact same thing that Israel was doing. We try to earn our salvation. We try to do it by the law of sin and these religious mandates and whatever else it is. Unless this transformation has taken place, that process cannot move forward. And I love how
1: Paul goes even further with that in verse 11. He says, For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him, that's Jesus Christ, And what he's done for you, right? Will not be put to shame. One day Christ is coming again and every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Everyone and the ones that suppress the truth and righteousness will be shown that he is savior and they will be put to shame. But for those who confess, with their mouth and believe in their hearts, we're not going to be put to shame. And the awesome thing is Paul's reiterating again to his audiences, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek. It doesn't matter whose family you were born in. It doesn't matter what circumstances you were in the middle of. None of that matters. What matters, as he says in verse 12, it's the same Lord is Lord of all. None of those things matter. And he bestows his riches on all those who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved how awesome is that every single person today's the day of salvation Um, that's what he says can't harden our hearts that this is the time to call on the name of the Lord if you haven't done so
0: And I think a little bit of the beauty of what Paul does here, once again, anticipating things that could be coming up with people's mind. Hey, if God is so sovereign and these people are going to be saved and these people aren't, why do I even need to do anything? He anticipates that question as he expands on that here in verse 14 through like verse 17, because he talks about why God is using us and how God is using us. As humans, the only part of his creation that are carrying the words of the gospel to allow people to understand what they are seeing and how they're understanding this. And it talks about how we are then called to take that gospel to these people, to allow them to hear. Because if they haven't heard, how can they respond? If they haven't had the opportunity to see the gospel laid out, that's on us as the voice pieces, the ambassadors that he has placed in the world to be carrying the gospel message to all those around us so that they can respond to that. Because he's given us as a part of that process for revealing himself to them. And I think when you look at that, Verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we need to allow people to hear the gospel. We need them to hear that. And as we've gone through, even at the end of chapter 9, hearing that, some people will respond rightly. Hearing it, some people will shut their hearts to it. They will be hardened because of that. And so that process doesn't change. It's not on us to save these people. But we are an integral part of the process of salvation in terms of us being the ambassadors, the messengers, the herald of the gospel. So, Ursula, you know, sometimes as we're reading through Scripture, we come across some words that we don't use a lot in our own day and age. And one of those words is here in this passage, and it really is important for us to understand because it's part of the process of what Israel was doing and then not responding. Because in verse 2, it says, But I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Help us unpack what this word zeal means.
1: So zeal really means you're super enthusiastic and that you really feel passionate about something. And not only that you feel that, because you're so passionate about it, it really motivates you to action. We can feel that way. Just about some things that are going on in our lives, we can feel really zealous for a team. And because we feel so zealous and excited and exuberated by that team, and we just believe in that team and what's happening with that team, and maybe some of the things that team has said and stands for, you know, that we start To change what we wear because we want to wear the team jersey and we're going to go to games and we're going to cheer for them and we're going to be zealous for them. Well, that's what was happening with the Jews. In fact, Paul was one of those people and he was very zealous. This is when his name was Saul, right, before Christ changed his name to Paul. But he was zealous in the wrong direction. He was zealous, but it wasn't according to the true knowledge of Jesus Christ, because what he was doing was he was putting Christians to death. He was hunting them down, and he was cheering on when they were being crucified and stoned. He, again, zealous, super excited, super exuberant, but was in the wrong direction. Christ, when he came into his life, just The road to Damascus, right, changed completely how he was thinking, and he needed to do that through the saving knowledge of who he was. And it says in verse 3, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God, and that's what was happening, right? The Jews were ignorant of the righteousness of God, and they were seeking to establish righteousness on their own through the law. Again, it's work, 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 work for my salvation, and we can go right back to um, chapter 9 where, you know, it talks about, no, that's over. Christ came. He fulfilled the law. He's the end of the law. And now we no longer have a relationship to God through the law. That's over with.
0: That's good Ursula. I love how you've laid it out for us here and you know honestly it's one of the things when I think about zeal I think about how people celebrate Christmas. You'll get these people that will go all out over Christmas. They've watched every Hallmark movie, they've done everything, but they actually miss the point of Christmas. They miss the celebration of the birth of Christ. And so that zeal for Christmas does not mean that they celebrate the true meaning of Christmas, either. And so that helps us to understand hey, what was going on with Israel? It helps us to understand hey, Paul really understands this, it was his life. He knows it. That's why he's so burdened and passionate for the nation of Israel, because he knows he was tripped up in the same way, and he desires them to come to salvation, just as he understands that God desires all to come to salvation as well. So as you walk through this passage, what is it that you're seeking to understand greater? find other people to discuss that with, find answers to that, unpack what God's Word is saying so that you can understand it in a greater sense, so that you can respond in obedience to Him. Know today you were loved.